Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider for the Athletics. She's got a great piece up right now, breaking down the week that was in Cardinals land. Also talking about Nolan Gorman and the kind of presence that he's had so far in the Cardinals lineup. She joins us as she does each and every week throughout the Cardinals season. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How are you doing this morning? Hello, boys. How are you? Great show lineup today, by the way, with Jr. and Danny Max. Killed it. I'm I'm clearly the the lowest on the poll, but great guest today. Nope, we put you in the uh, we put you in the in the perfect time slot, slot Katie. Our twelve o'clock hour is our best hour, and we save it for Katie J. Wood. Uh, we put her in the two hole, just like the Cardinals did with Nolan Gorman. It could have been worse. Let's put it that way. It has been Katie, worse. what have we seen from Nolan Gorman? I got to be honest. I got to eat some crow on this. I didn't expect him to come up here Same. and not have strikeout issues, uh, but that's been what we've seen so far. You know, I think with Nolan Gorman, it is exciting, of course, to see the power. I can't tell you the last time that Cardinals, the, the relievers of the Cardinals bullpen, have seen um, arcs of a baseball fly over them. Um <laughs> It's been really exciting to see the power that Nolan Gorman brings and his whole demeanor, his plate approach. I mean, this is a top prospect and regarded as one of the top prospects in baseball for a reason. But what really strikes me about Nolan Gorman is how he's adjusted to each kind of twist that the uh, major leagues have thrown at him. We saw him struggle coming into the uh, into this series against the Brewers, going 0 for 11, seven strikeouts, right? So what does Ollie Marmel do? Instead of sitting him, instead of finding a different spot in the lineup, they bump him up to number two. Nolan, to his credit, realizes he's getting pitched on the high fastball, that he's getting beat if they throw him up, and that's his weakness, and he makes the adjustment. Uh, we saw that again yesterday in the Cardinals' win over the Padres. Nolan Gorman, of course, homeward, had three hits. That's what's going to show up in the box score. But what's not going to show up in the box score, and I think is equally important, is the walk that he issued. He fell behind 1-2. He laid off that high challenge pitch, and he worked a significant walk to load the bases. The Cardinals ended up not scoring at that time. But for me, I thought that was just a really mature plate approach, a really professional at bat, and you can tell that each adjustment that he's being told he needs to make, he's really taking it to heart and then implementing it almost in real time. That has been really impressive for me. Well, and Katie, you've been around him this entire homestand. How does he seem off of the field? Because like, when you get the luxury of being Nolan Gorman and placed in between Tommy Edmond, who's, who's hitting so well, and then having Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado right behind him, you got to feel like this guy's pretty confident in what he can do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, going through the Cardinals clubhouse, it's it's actually 
really funny how they have all of the rookies in Libertor, Yepes, Donovan, Gorman, Palante. They're all on the same wall, all really in the same group together. So I think it brings a lot of comfort to Gorman to be able to have the guys he's played with for so many years and gone through the system with all kind of in their own little corner of the clubhouse. But then you see how he's responded to in the dugout. You see how he's always talking to guys like Goldschmidt. I see multiple camera angles from the television broadcast of those two just in the dugout talking, exchanging ideas. Um, I think that he's been able to really take advantage of the veterans. We talk about this a lot when it comes to the rookies. But one thing that the Cardinals do extremely well is they reach out to their rookies and they are always teaching new things, always talking. Gorman sure seems to be soaking that up. And like I said, and what Ollie Marmel has said, how he's been able to make the adjustments on the fly, I think, is a big tell on just how of a how big of a professional player he's going to be for this club. So you could say that the Cardinals have a kid's corner in their clubhouse. Yes, you could. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Katie Wu here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Katie, as we are entering the almost the third, uh, basically a third way through the season, this week we'll get to the 50-game mark, 50-game threshold for the Cardinals. They're kind of middle of the pack in, in basically everything right now. And in the month of May, they went 16 and 12. And the most impressive part to me is that the offense finally got going, although we'll get to the pitching here in a minute. 5.2 runs per game. That's fourth in the majors in this month of the season. What have you seen that has clicked for the Cardinals offensively over the last month or so? I'm glad you asked that question because I think the offense is always a big talking point. And it's the first thing to kind of be thrown out when things aren't going well. It's, oh, it's the offense. But the Cardinals have had a really solidified solidified overall team approach at the plate. They're the hardest team to strike out in baseball. Entering the series against the Padres, the Cardinals were averaging just a little bit more over seven strikeouts a game. And believe me, you guys, that is the lowest rate in baseball. So we, the Cardinals hitters have talked about this dating back to last season. You know, they really want to identify one pitch in the bat that they feel like they can drive. They're patient. They make card or they make pitchers throw strikes. They are very selective when it comes to their plate approach. And I think that's really played into their overall offense. You know, good things happen when you put the ball in play. Very rarely is a strikeout productive. So are the Cardinals getting on base more? Yes. Do they should they want to get on base even more than they already have? Of course. But I think the ability to utilize the non-strikeout and have a solid plate approach and work those walks and figure out how to score runs. They're not overly reliant on the home run. They're not overly reliant on the small ball. They're still a lethal team on the base pass. I mean, when you have Harrison Bader and Tommy Edmonds stealing bases every game, that really causes a lot of, uh, of drama for the opposing pitchers. I mean, you think about it. I really liked how Harrison Bader has, has struck in the double leadoff role when you have two menaces on the base pass in Bader and Edmond. And then after you deal with those two, you have to deal with Gorman, Goldschmidt, Arenado. That's like a pitcher's nightmare. So that has been also standing out to me as how the Cardinals have gotten on base and have a line of construction. But overall, I'm really encouraged by the direction the offense is going. It's not perfect. It never will be. But it certainly is a huge difference from where this team was at this point in 2021. Hold on, Katie, if you don't mind, can we swing back to something that you just said there? Can you confirm that the double leadoff is an actual thing? I think it is an actual thing. The Cardinals use the nine-hole spot where it kind of serves as a double leadoff. 
Um, I don't think they've ever actually termed it that, but when I refer to it in, in talking with the team, I've never once been corrected. Okay. So that is what I'm going to go with. Okay, I just want to make sure that's clarified for somebody in the room right now. Uh, Katie, on the pitching side of things for the Cardinals, on the pitching side of things for the Cardinals, uh, we're kind of in this in this purgatory of looking at it because we've seen the best of it. Like I thought Matthew Libertor had a really good start the other day against Milwaukee. The Miles Michaelis thing is a one-off, and then the bullpen kind of gets you up and down. How would you assess the pitching at least from this over weekend okay so when you look at the cardinals pitching i mean it's, there's no question that the starters need to provide better length and usually you're going to get at least six innings from one if not both and adam wainwright and miles michaelis obviously they didn't happen this time through the rotation these guys are normal as much as they try not to be what i think has really stood out to me is the bullpen coming into the series against san diego the cardinals had a 3.70 bullpen era that ranks right around league average nothing special but what that is not taken into consideration is the amount of innings these guys have had to cover how these relievers have had to been used really out of their designated roles just because the starters have not been able to go deep into ball games and look this is a tired bullpen and they're still effective you know it's a bold strategy to whip out a bullpen game when your relievers are already down, they're pretty taxed, they've been stretched out. I thought Packy Naughton and Andre Pallante did an excellent job. The plan for them yesterday was to go three innings apiece. It was almost executed to perfection. When you're able to get at least six innings from those guys combined, or almost six innings, and then you can turn it over to a well-rested Henesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, and Ryan Helsley, that's a really good sign that you're in a good spot, especially when you think about how many Indians these guys have had to cover. So for me, obviously, the starters need to go longer. They know that. Fans know that. The organization know that. But I think for all the times that the bullpen takes the hit, I really think they've been the saving grace for the Cardinals over the last two weeks. What are the Cardinals going to do in the rotation over the weekend in your mind, Katie? a great question i think they're you know they're going to need a starter uh for one of the games on saturday's doubleheader jake woodford is a contender to, to because he is going to be eligible to be called up as the team's 27th double or the i'm sorry the 27th man for the team's doubleheader um however you know it was a little bit perplexing when we're talking about length and and how the cardinals need Indians, why they didn't rely on someone that was so beneficial in that spot start long relief role in 2021 and pitched in some pivotal games down the stretch and that is jake woodford he performed really well in september of 2021 and instead he is the odd man out options again um for me you know that i always found that decision perplexing i was wondering why they weren't using him as much in may and ollie marmel to his credit was very honest in what went into that decision you know they believe that jake woodford has outperformed several guys in the bullpen when you look at the pitching lines you look at the eras that is true. He has outperformed many of the other relievers that are still with the club. But the Cardinals are a little bit concerned about the long-term sustainability, specifically on the projections of his breaking ball pitches. So, for example, Jake Woodford has thrown 27 combined changeups and curveballs in 2022, and he has generated zero swings and misses. Mm. Um, that was a telling sign that he's getting a little bit lucky with maybe it's the stadium, maybe it's the execution, maybe opposing hitters are just missing that pitch. Ollie Marmel said, check out the expected slugging percentage on those secondary pitches and let me know what you think. His expected slugging on his curveball was uh, 0.515 in 2021. This year, that expected slugging percentage has almost quadrupled to 2.215. The Cardinals do not think that's sustainable. The, the, the same kind of argument for his sliders or the numbers aren't as egregious. And the ultimate decision came in, came down to, yes, he's performing well now, but we think that there's, this is not going to be a sustainable product for him. We think that opposing hitters are going to figure him out. And when they do, he's going to get hit hard. 
So why don't we option Woodford to Memphis so we can figure that out because they do plan on using him down the stretch. It just has to be in a role where they think he's effective in, and right now they think he will get exposed on those secondary pitches. Katie, I think I know the answer to this, but I've seen a lot of people bring this up, and I want to get your insider information on it. Because of what you just spoke of, would there be any consideration from the Cardinals to look at Dallas Keuchel? You know, I haven't heard much about that, so this would simply just be my speculation. But Dallas Keuchel does fit the prototype that John Mozeliak usually goes for. You know, he's a veteran left-handed guy. He can he has the durability. Are his stats anything amazing? Of course not. However, neither were John Lester's, neither were Jay Happs, who just retired formally, found out today. Neither were Wade LeBlanc's. Uh, he's definitely a pitcher that wouldn't cost them anything, so it'd be a no-risk move. I was about to move. say, Katie, are you just saying he's old and cheap? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Look, I'm saying he fits the prototype. Take that as you will. <laughs> You're um, old and cheap, BK. I wouldn't rule it out, but, you know, this is just my speculation that it could be considered. Um, but, again, I haven't heard anything official on that. My biggest concern with him would just be he's, he's got a 12% walk rate this year. Oh, enough and... with the walks already. Dakota Hudson's <laughs> fine. Get over it, man. No, that was the one thing that when you looked at some of the guys that they brought in last year, they, they, they did throw a lot of and so far, that's kind of been the issue for Dallas Keuchel. Uh, Katie, final question that I wanted to get to with you is with Paul Goldschmidt and what we've seen from him. According to ESPN Stats and Info, he is hitting 406 so far in the month of May with 10 home runs. If he is able to finish the month with a batting average above 400, he would be the first to hit 400 and hit 10 home runs in a single month for the Cardinals since Stan Musial did it in 1953. Wow. What are oh we watching goodness. right now? Well, I think what we're watching with Paul Goldschmidt is appointment television, right? I mean, we've always said, hey, he's a slow starter. April's not usually his month. Historically, he's always taken a couple of weeks to really find his groove. Well, um, he certainly has found his groove, guys. I mean, what Paul Goldschmidt does, he is not an easy out. There is not a single stat that benefits the opposing pitcher's favor, whether it's two outs, two strikes, shifted, not shifted. No matter what you do, it seems Paul Goldschmidt has found a way to just obliterate a baseball um and it has certainly been a focal point in these in this offense um with Nolan Arenado scuffling through a little bit through this month of May it's been nice to see Goldschmidt pick up the pace and pretty much put the offense on his back um I hope Cardinals fans are enjoying what Paul Goldschmidt is doing I know he is not the most vocal quote I know he has a relatively <laughs> reserved personality but he is having so much fun and what he's doing to that clubhouse and He's not a guy that's ever really going to talk about his success or his playing time. That's just not who he is or what he likes to do. But know that everyone on that team and in that organization knows that what they're watching is something that is incredibly cool. And it, it just, I, I really look forward to this Padres Cardinals series because I feel like it's an early showdown between two legitimate MVP contenders, Paul Goldschmidt and Manny Machado. So I'm certain we'll see that on display over the next two games. Hopefully. And it seemed like uh, yesterday there were at least a couple of adjustments that Nolan Arenado made as well. Hopefully he's able to show some of that uh, in this series too. Katie, we'll be reading all of your work over at The Athletic. We'll be following you on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. People should subscribe, by the way, to The Athletic. It is well worth the price of admission. Always appreciate the time here on the show. We'll talk with you again next week. Peace out, guys. Thanks so much. A good story helps us understand the world and how to make it better. That idea drives what we do on the Daily News podcast, Post Reports. We bring you stories that empower people. You know this is a fraud, right? Why are you calling people doing this? And that hold powerful people accountable. Wait, you did what? We had to sue your office twice to get our hands on these documents. My name is Martine Powers. I co-host the show. Take the trusted reporting of The Washington Post wherever you go. Follow and listen to Post Reports. Post Reports.